0: Got it, recording in process. Hi everybody, thanks for joining, good morning. Hope you've got your coffee or, uh, or have it in hand. Um, Cynthia and I had a little bit of a pre-conversation about this topic and I think it's been, and the reason we set uh, um, uh, something on the calendar for this topic is because it is, has been coming up over the last few months. So we thought this would be an appropriate topic to sort of just have a coffee chat around. Um, perhaps we could just like do a little poll, get a little feedback. How's everybody feeling about life in general? And are you feeling burnout and what is that to you?
1: Um, so I'm not sharing my video right now cause I'm currently like looking like a mess, but <clears throat> honestly with, uh, with work and the way that everything is, I'm in my early thirties and I keep thinking like, am I having a midlife crisis? Like that's how burnout is
2: affecting me. Like I'm just, it's crazy. I am not enjoying life at the moment.
0: <laughs> you know, I can I just share? I woke I I for some reason this week I've been waking up at like four thirty in the morning, and it's like general un, un, un unhappy emotion I'm having. I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. and then my brain goes. And then I like, you have to go back to sleep. So I go back to sleep for 45 minutes and then I get up. I hear you. Like, I, it's just, I don't know, not happy times. Yeah, But also i like, don't want to bitch about it too. So, but here we are. We're allowed to bitch about it on, in this session. Exactly. Any, I
3: was like, I finally get a chance to talk
1: exactly.
0: about it. Anybody else? What are you feeling? What are you thoughts?
2: I was just gonna say, you know, for me, a lot of the hard part is keeping my team motivated, especially when you're in an interior products um, company and with lead times, container issues, continuous um, price increases, all these things. And so, you know, we're telling our people go out there and help help your customers, and then they feel like that they're just getting stalled at every turn. So that's probably my biggest thing is you know, me staying motivated and to keep my team motivated at the same time.
0: Yeah, life is so relentless right now. Oh, it just doesn't stop. Anybody else?
1: I'd definitely say I have experienced burnout. I think I, I'm doing much better now. Um, my youngest is a senior this year. So through COVID, we did, you know, remote learning this year. We're looking at colleges. We're applying to colleges and we actually can't visit any of those colleges. Um, and so it's definitely a breath of fresh year that she's now in Italy and I can have like some time and not have to worry about how do I cook dinner, get to work, meetings go till seven o'clock. So it's definitely trying to find now a balance so I could work into my schedule some me time, but there's hardly any of that.
0: Yes, yeah, Cynthia and I were just talking about um, experimenting with our, her calendar and how she is trying to manage like boundaries and change. And Cynthia, you want to talk about what you tried to do and then how effective that was?
4: Oh, sure. So um, <laughs> I noticed recently, well, this has been going on for a year, but um Meetings typically start at seven or eight in the morning because I'm dealing with people in London, just like everyone else these days Or globally. You know, Zoom just seems like it just opens up the door for all kinds of things. And then I was going for 12 hours straight without a break. So I blocked off two hours on my calendar every day and it just says lunch on my calendar. I think for everybody else in my company, it looks like I'm in meetings just to see if I could carve out an hour in the middle of the day for a break. It somehow helped a little bit, but um, you would be surprised that I don't think people really look at calendars anymore. They just send you meeting invites.
1: I agree. I totally agree with that because I have things double book, triple book sometimes. I'm like, have you looked at my calendar? Like I can't be in three places at one time and they're all Zoom meetings, Mm -hmm. but I I think that's the expectation now Now that we have Zoom, everyone feels like let's just fill each other's calendars up and the meetings go on from eight o'clock or earlier to seven o'clock at night sometimes.
4: Yeah, my other favorite thing is um, I went on vacation a couple of weeks ago and I, I put on my out of office reply, I'm on vacation, I'll, I'll respond when I get back. I was so surprised at how many people said, I know you're on vacation, but I just have one quick question. And I was just like, no, I'm not answering you until next week, I never, never answered people. I think somehow we're training bad behavior by always being available 24 seven. It's just like at some point you've got to say no just for your own mental well-being, right?
0: Yeah, I just wonder though, um, depending on where you are in your career, how much you can say no, right? Um, or give yourself permission to say no. Um, some of us who have been at it a lot you know, longer, we, I think we feel a bit more empowered, but I wonder if you're early or mid-career, yeah, like how's that, how's that working? How, how does that work? Anyone else want to share sort of their feelings or like what burnout's looking like? Um, how are you feeling about this fall? Uh, we're sort of coming out, you know, heading back to the office. Um, if you are like what any other sort of tales of woe.
5: I, I can echo um, some of what's been been said on the call. I think, you know, <clears throat> psychologically, um, you know, at the beginning of COVID, if, if, if someone said to us, this is going to be a year and a half of like this sort of surreality where it turns your sort of, you know, what's been your life upside down in some sort of ways or, or, or altered it. Um, I don't think any of us would be like, wow, a year and a like, half or more or two years. Like, so I think, I think we're all, um, I think as things got better over the summer, um, at least with, you know, COVID stuff we're all like, Oh, like this is finally over. And then with the, the Delta variant um, and then just other sort of complications as that sort of affects our our various business. um, I think it's that sort of hoping that it's going to end and then having it, it not. And it's like that dichotomy of like really wishing and just having to like alter your expectations. And I think, um, I think going back to the boundaries thing, I think it's so, important to, to set those up because otherwise it's sort of like you um, you're, you're, you don't have control over these external factors and at the same time you feel like you're you know not in control of, of what you're sort of expected to do or, or what you would like to do. So if you're a little bit more stringent with that then I, I think that's that's definitely the challenge and that's the, the way we'll save ourselves
0: totally agree. Anybody else? Any?
6: You have a couple- I agree. I was just going to say exactly what
0: Margaret just said is
6: that the hardest thing for me, in addition to all the business and the Zoom calls was, is just wrapping my head around the fact that this is how we live now. Like this is, this is it now. And there, there's no, we don't know when the end is in sight. A hundred percent. If they would say, you know what, it's another year of this, that would be rough, but at least we'd know. It's just, I just like have had a hard time wrapping my head around that this, this is how we live. Like we may forever be wearing masks in large groups. And like, when are we gonna say, oh, remember that time five years ago when we wore those masks? Like, what, when is that gonna happen? It's just, and that's the depressing part. Um, regarding boundaries, I don't know if any of you guys are on Instagram or not, but if you are, um, I follow this woman. Her name is Melissa Urban. She created the Whole30 diet, but she is very good at communicating to women, especially like wording to create boundaries in different situations. You may want to give her a, give her a look. Um, She, she has like, you know, red, yellow, and green ways of of communicating boundaries. You know, there's the nice one. Then there's the little bit stronger and then there's the real strong one. Um, Just kind of interesting. And and I've tried to not use them, but at least like put them in my head. So that's all I was going to say. Thank you. Can
0: you put the spell out her name in the chat box? Sure, sure. Thank you, Stephanie.
7: I was just going to add, we have a couple comments in the chat and um, Alexandria had mentioned that she's, she's unable to like get on video right now, but she's having a hard time like as far as like the balance, you know she's back in the office and um, is traveling but you know it's just the availability that we have to be on all the time um, for work that we're consistently available. And then Wanda added, um, to you, Ellen, that it's, it's more important for those of us who are managers to model the behavior of actually shutting down except during true emergencies, during our own vacations, which I totally agree. I, I mean, I've found myself since COVID, you know, not checking my phone all the time when I'm on vacation and actually like creating that, that, uh, boundary for myself so that I can, I can recharge.
0: Yeah. Do as you say and model it for people and give people permission exactly. to, to do what you're doing. Yeah. Cause I think
7: it's, it's an added pressure, right? It's an added, added pressure for your employees. Like if they see you emailing over the weekend or when they're, when you're on vacation, then they feel that they have to do the same. And we right. all need, you know, to have some time to ourselves.
4: Yeah, I was. that's exactly what I agree with you. I was just going to say that. I think it's more than just on vacation. It's every single day of the week. If you're yes. emailing you 24-7, then you feel like maybe you have to respond. So um, I, I always tell my team, like, sometimes I'm going to do emails on Saturday just because I'm catching up, but don't think that I expect you to respond until Monday or sometime next week. And so sometimes- well, the other
6: thing you can do is you can always kind of put a delay on when that's actually sent. Right
4: exactly. And I
6: think if you do that you set a tone and an expectation for everybody that you work with. So you can clear your deck if you have a free Saturday and you want to just kind of get stuff done but then you can also put the time delay it doesn't get delivered to them till Sunday night or Monday morning.
0: I tell you emails are such a trigger and now my my uh, clients have like jumped into the text section of my oh, phone. Yes. And so I'm like, what, what is it do are we having a real estate emergency? No, we're not, but you're texting me anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like annoyed all the time.
6: I just ask, um, Mindy has a really great ta- I think you your firm currently has a great tagline that says something like, even though I'm sending you this outside of normal working hours, something like don't Mindy jump in, something like don't feel free to not expected to respond, and I, I love that. I, I just think that's so helpful.
8: Yeah, we have a very flexible um, work culture at Turner and Townsend where, um, and I think that that exists even pre-COVID, and people would work whenever they had the, the time because normal pre-COVID, you were in meetings a lot with clients and you know, you're in meetings all day long, and then you might get to your emails and your head's down work around five, six, seven o'clock or whatever the case may be. Um, so once we all were remote, um, the the working hours, and I think this can be true of anyone here on this call, is that the work day got longer, not shorter. Um, and then we were juggling personal and 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 trying to fit in all of those um those responsibilities also trying to juggle work. So I found myself sending emails at eight, nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night when I could actually sit down and get some, some work done. Um, and so the 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 thing that we had put in our email is just, just because I'm sending emails outside of regular, and I'm doing air quotes because what's regular, normal working hours, um, doesn't mean that you're obligated to respond so it's whenever you have the 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 bandwidth or the availability to respond that's when you respond and i think that internally that's helped a lot of our our number well because a lot of our senior folks they're they're constantly in meetings and they send emails when they get that breather time Um, but i also wanted to address something that cynthia had said earlier about setting boundaries um, and then how people just kind of plop um meetings in your calendar one of the things i started doing is all of my 30 minute uh, meeting invites are actually for 22 minutes and all of my one hour meeting invites are 45 minutes Um, And that allows me the little bit of the five minutes or the 15 minutes to run, go get some more water or stretch my legs or just step away from the computer for a little bit. Um, And then when I do accept meetings, I also tell them I'm available for the first 25 minutes of this or I'm available for the first 45 minutes of this, just to kind of carve back some of that time in between meetings. Because I was finding I was in back to back to back meetings, and I was not able to process any of the information that I was just hearing on the call or in the meeting, or um, able to, to jot down any of the action items because I was just thrown into the next meeting and then thrown into the next meeting. So that's part of the way I was able to kind of carve back some of my own time.
0: So are you saying that like, I'm like looking at my outlook calendar right now, like you, you it defaults to the shorter? period of time for these meetings or you can
8: change that in settings so Ah. um yeah if you go into your email settings yeah um, if you go into file and uh let's say file and then options in your outlook i'm
0: like fascinated by it
8: yeah yeah go into file options and then you can change your calendar settings
0: ah and appointment and meetings early i love it okay thank you useful for, at a minimum, bathroom breaks. Um, anyone else? I see some familiar names on the screen. Sheena, how's your life going?
9: Ah, I didn't think you would call on me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
9: Multitasking. Um, hi, everybody. My life, I you know, I, I had this conversation with another women's group that I'm part of, and I think what I can describe is this time is just like a really uninspiring time. Like whatever you read, whoever you talk to, it is just uninspirational. And so I've kind of made a concerted effort to whenever I'm having conversations like this, to try and, you know, think about the positive and think about what is inspirational. I've started to kind of get involved with some other groups that are, you know, with women that are kind of like on the startup side or building things and like there is a lot of positive and a lot of great things happening. And I think that we just also have to be mindful of that otherwise we are going to get stuck in this uninspiring very unsocial and uh, isolating time.
0: (laughs) That's a really good point like having things to look forward to or and and or seeking opportunities where you are inspired. Um, I think that's great. I, I like vacation planning is like one of my favorite things. So like something to look forward to. And then the activity of doing that, just, you know, getting away. Even
9: even that now is like annoying because. <laughs> but, <laughs>
5: yeah, by the way, canceled,
0: you're not easy so to go expensive. on vacation anymore. Totally yeah. agree.
5: I mean, I can't like 100% agree. I was kind of feeling like, it's a little mundane just sitting at home and being on calls every day. Like when you were in the office, it was something different. You were moving around, you were going to different meetings or out to a client site. And I, I agree, it's a little uninspiring just kind of sitting here for the last year and a half doing the same thing. And like, I've been a little hesitant to travel even like this past summer. So like that break of getting away or having a change of scenery just hasn't happened for me. So I agree, that's kind of the area where I've been struggling with the most.
4: I think Sheena brings up a good point and it's actually um, one of the things we wanted to pivot a little bit today and talk about coping mechanisms. So Sheena's strategy is actually a really great way to cope with burnout and um, how to you know we were also hoping that people could share today on how they're trying to beat burnout if anybody has thoughts on that
0: well so i just so today's thursday i've been i was been in the office monday through wednesday so today i'm working from home i was very happy because i plan on after this meeting i have 15 minutes to actually make my own breakfast in my kitchen. I don't know why, but I was like excited about doing that and and actually stepping outside to go eat it real quickly. So I don't know what, like, why is that my like, a, happy moment? That's
4: a, that's a coping mechanism. It's a change in the routine. Yeah,
0: I think cha- yeah. changing and where your you control. are. I mean, I don't know how everyone is doing with when you're working from home, Do you even have an opportunity to work at a different spot while you're doing these relentless back-to-back calls? I don't know what, um, just coping in your environment on a day-to-day or hour-to-hour.
4: Yeah. One of the articles I was reading was talking about ways to um, create ways to detach from stress. And one, a couple of things that they had suggested was cooking, um you know reading a fiction book walking changing out where you're sitting to your point like just to you know changing your, your location even if it's maybe you sit on the sofa for a little while if you're in between meetings just to kind of get yourself out of the four walls that you find yourself in.
7: I I have found like during the day when I'm working from home there there's times that I'll take a walk while I'm on a call, like I'll do an audio call. I have to like kind of separate myself from doing all these zooms. And that really helps is just like, you know, having that motion and activity and I'm still accomplishing a conversation. I mean, like, it's not something that I need to be in front of my computer when I'm, as far as the conversation, but that definitely helps. Is just having, having a little break, outdoor break.
4: That's a great point, yeah. I think in one of these um, articles, they were talking about um, asking your manager if you could switch from screen time to calls just to break up the routine to, to your point, to give everybody a chance to maybe like go for a walk for an hour instead of sitting all day. That's a great idea, Julie. So I think um, <laughs> uh, casual
3: Fridays have taken on a new meaning in this day and age. So one of the things that we do, um is we say if it's if it's a meeting on Friday it's cameras off.
4: Oh, interesting.
7: I like I saw, uh, yeah, there's I think City also is doing the same thing. I've seen like a couple companies, you know, mandating that it's cameras off Friday meetings, which I think is awesome.
10: But Julie, I, I, I love your idea you of just
7: disconnecting from the screen because whether the
10: camera's on or camera's off, sometimes you just have to look at the screen, right? Yeah. And being able to take those calls and walk the dog or go, I, I try, I, I, and recently it's not happened as well. So he's not happy, but those midday dog walks where you're on a call getting work done, but just not having to sit at the screen, you can still listen in and you can still contribute, but it, it does help a little bit because yeah. it's hard to hear from everybody.
11: I think there's so much back to back. Mindy said it earlier, like you don't have any chance to process anything. You're on a meeting and the next meeting and the next meeting. So stepping away for 15 minutes, it, it allows you to take a break from the stress of like solving problems and actually process what's happening.
7: Yeah. And there's some good, and I, I love that idea too. And I actually thank you for walking us through that Mindy. Cause I'm going to set my meetings up that way going forward. Um, But there's some really good things in the chat as far as like, um, you know, as far as like how you can do that in Microsoft. And then I just wanna mention too that um, Margo added, Margo, you always find these great articles and podcasts. Um, There's a podcast on creating boundaries too, um, that, you know, if anyone wants to check out, just uh, jot this, this down, it's on Harvard Business Review.
0: Thank you. Yeah, let's look at that. You know, uh, when Cynthia and I pre-spoke about this topic, she said something to me that I hadn't thought about, but maybe it needs to be expressed aloud, which is don't internalize feeling burnout as being a failure. And uh, it's okay to feel not great. Um, and it's okay to like, but it's also okay to talk about it. You have to talk about it and then find, you know, ways to cope with it. But it's not a failure. It's just all, we're all like struggling with this crazy life that as Sheena says, and I love it. This uninspiring life. i just, it was, yesterday, a it was such this an uninspiring day. I was so down. It was so bad. I, Sheena, I was on a tour um, and I was like polling the broker. I'm like, so how many people, I was like, you know, are people back at work? Because I see them on the sidewalk. I'm like, oh, how many people are back in the office? He's like, uh, eh, 30%. I'm like, it's still only 30% in New York. And I, I was like, that, that means our life is going to be, anyway, not, the future is of it ending and going back to somewhat normal is not near future, FYI. And I was like, so down about that um i cannot tell but you but know that
1: know that this is also the time that all of the tech companies are gobbling up every piece of real estate that everyone is letting go of because Google, Facebook, Amazon are all taking additional space in New York city. And although they're not back in an office, their offices do remain open if someone wants to come in. And so I think that's where they've always pivoted to being flexible. Even when I worked for a particular client, the ability to go throughout the country, throughout the world and decide whether you want to work from home or work in an office an office is always available. So I think it's just other industries that need to catch up with that flexibility of how the new workplace experience is going to be.
9: I also think it's kind of on us. Like what I've been doing, my coping mechanism is any meeting that I could do in person, I'm asking to do in person rather than a Zoom, because it is so easy to just do Zoom meetings. And I've noticed it just I don't remember half the conversation sometimes or like who I meet on the zooms anymore and when you're out and actually with someone you forget about that like I gotta go to the next I gotta go to the next like I have 15 minutes for the next call and it's like it's it's weird you would think that you'd be less um you'd be more stressed about getting to the next meeting but you know life sort of goes on when you're (laughs) at a lunch and you stay at 20 extra minutes and then you get back to what you were doing. It's, um, it, it's really like a perspective thing. I, I think, I mean, I don't have all the answers obviously, but that's really helped me a lot. That's why I try to come in as much as I can. <laughs>
0: yeah. There, Cause there's adventure to getting to back to the office. I mean, yeah. A bit da- if you haven't been back to the office, totally get the dauntingness of it. But once you're back sort of in the work, uh, office environment and walking down the sidewalk and seeing the recovery and the human beings and the tourists I was like that is inspiring that you know people are coming back but
9: so if anyone wants to have lunch I'll host you (laughs) I'm in
0: I'm in in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I was also just going to say like today is actually my first day getting back on the subway and the bus I have been taking Ubers only Even throughout the whole pandemic, and definitely today, it was interesting to just. People in close proximity because, unless I'm driving my car or getting in over, I've not interacted with anyone except if I'm in the office and the people that are in my office. So, I definitely do see that the city is coming back. There are definitely tons of people going into the office. It's not as much as before, but I thought I would have like an anxiety attack like yesterday when I got on the train, and surprisingly, it's like, okay, you can do this. You are still a New Yorker, <laughs> you can do this. That's
0: yeah. great. It's the first few days or a week or so, it's daunting, but then it, it's fine. I mean, I get, you know, pissed when some guy on the bus wasn't wearing his mask and I'm like, dude, like, just put it on, right? Follow the rules. But um, yeah, it's good to have that change.
2: Anything, you know, anything else? it's a little
0: hard because there was this moment
10: this summer where we felt like things were really moving in the right direction. Right. Well, we had, we had gotten together in our women's network and had a happy hour and it just, it felt like for a moment that things were starting to really improve. And then all of a sudden it plummeted again with the Delta variant and the others. And, you know, and I think that's played on all of our psyches. Like I felt it right. That I thought that I was going to be able to, we were supposed to, our company was supposed to go back to the office and then all of a sudden it got paused. So you know, we kind of had gotten over the hump of working from home and accepted it. But then there was this moment of, but you get the opportunity to go back if you want to, we're voluntary. And now we don't, like it's, it's been taken away again. So that's where it's, that's the, that's the piece. And then when we were talking and Cindy used the word burnout, it just resonated with me because that's a lot of what we're feeling. And I think some of it plays into all of that. Yeah. Yeah. We want, I
1: I would, I would leave you guys with one thing because I actually am late to another meeting, but um, I definitely say another piece to this, what I've used to cope is making sure I spend time with my therapist. It um, is a weekly call. It's to, I don't have to see him in person anymore, but definitely last year when I was really at the height of my burnout and figuring out work schedule and kids remote I said, okay, I really think I need to tap into my therapist. Being able to have 40 minutes to talk to someone about my day, about my week, or whatever I'm thinking, helped me to just kind of like come down off of that anxiety of, am I doing the right thing as a mother? Am I doing the right thing for my career? What do I go from here?
3: And to add to that and what Cynthia had said about, you know, her scheduling out her lunch, break because, I mean, that shouldn't be a big deal that you're going to schedule an hour lunch break in in an eight to a 12 or 15 hour day. Um, But I also, I schedule in a one hour me time every day because my job, and I think a lot of the other people on this call typically work through lunch, whether it's at a meeting or whether you're taking a client out. So it's not really a break anymore. Um, so I, I schedule every day, whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon, a one hour me time and it's private. So no one can see what it is. Um, and any, anyone who tries to schedule over it, it gets declined immediately. And, and I do with that one hour, whatever I want to do, whether I want to go to the gym, whether I want to go for a walk, whether I want to meditate, or I just want to sit in the corner and scroll, scroll on Instagram. It's me time.
4: Great, thanks, Minnie. I just wanted to get back to Nakisha really quickly because you said you had to leave, but I'm I was reading a lot about um, the topic today, and over and over again, one of the main things that came up with, on coping mechanisms was the fact that we need to prioritize and normalize conversations on mental health. So thank you for being brave enough to even put that out there. I don't know why we have a hard time talking about this as a society, but we're all in this together and we're all experiencing this. So thank you for talking about that. I think that's really important. And that, that came up over and over again in all the literature of, like what we're all dealing with in terms of burnout and coping.
3: On that subject Cynthia, one of the things that um, we do here is we have a, a, okay, a company-wide um, Zoom call that it's called okay, Claims Feet. It's an opportunity for all of the employees at Turner and Townsend to talk about exactly that: mental health, burnout, coping strategies. Um, and it it gives it, it provides a forum for people to speak freely and feel like they they're not going to be judged. And we talked about mental health and what that looks like, some of the experiences, how people are dealing with it. Um, and you know, we just had one last week where. Um, We had someone who was just a brave soul who shared her story with the company and what she was going through from a mental health perspective and um, speaking with her therapist and how we need to kind of take away the stigma um, surrounding mental health. That, I mean, if you had, if you had high blood pressure, you would go to the doctor and no one would say anything about it. But if you have anxiety, people are like, oh, she's crazy. So how we need to kind of change the way we think about that. It's just another doctor. It's our health. Um, and she also provided some ways of how to to create less anxiety or awkwardness with it. When you talk to your coworkers, you know, she's like, it's okay to be weird. And it's okay for you to say, this kind of weirds me out. But the more conversations I have about it, the more comfortable I'll be with it. So it start, it's, we've started to create an environment here where we're starting to to encourage people to be a little bit more understanding and less judgmental about mental health.
4: That's great. I think that's so important. Um, I've also heard from people who have said they've never been anxious in their entire lives, but now they finally get it. When somebody says they're anxious, they're starting to feel that anxiety too. So I mean, maybe the silver lining is maybe we'll all be a little more compassionate and a little less judgmental and really listen when somebody says, Hey, you know, I'm struggling or I'm feeling anxious rather than immediately putting a label on them.
2: Yeah. And Cynthia, I would just encourage, you know, if your company isn't doing anything around mental health or they're doing something, but it's not exactly what you need, reach out to your HR person because so my company's headquartered in Georgia and they had this great mental health program where you could go for Three times for free, and then um, to a therapist, and then it was thirty dollars afterwards, which is a bargain, you know, for therapy. Um, so I, I, I was like, my team was talking about it; we were all happy, excited about it. And then I find out it doesn't apply in New York because it's a, you know, a licensing thing. So I reached out to HR and said, "Hey, this is really frustrating because most of, you know, we've got a lot of people in other parts of the country, and so actually, a part of the world. And so they looked into it, and they." Got a program. It hasn't launched yet, but it should in the next few weeks. That you can do in any state in the in the U.S. So just don't be afraid to to ask for what you need because um, everybody knows it's hard to keep people, and so they want to do everything they can.
4: Gosh, that's great, Wanda. Thanks so much for sharing that.
11: This is. I don't have my camera on. I've got contractors at the house, so I apologize for any background noise, but. Um, Just on the topic of of anxiety, um, as Cynthia was mentioning, uh, I personally have learned, never having really experienced anxiety before, I, I thought it was just an emotion. I didn't really tap how it was related to mental health, right? And then you slap COVID on. And so you're having that conversation and, you know, bringing it back to how you feel like a failure and then you feel guilty because you feel like a failure and then you're burned out and then you feel guilty because you're burned out and you're going in this hamster wheel of, um, you know, of of craziness during the, you know, the COVID-19 and, you know, all of these themes seem to just kind of intersect at one point. And, you know, David Weinberg has a question there where it says, are there any specific changes to the workplace that you're looking for once you do return to the office? And I know for me specifically, it's the, the, the theme that we've talked about here, a little bit more empathy, a bit more compassion, you know, and understanding. Um, when everyone's in the office, if someone doesn't, you know if, if someone's wearing a mask, if someone needs to get up in the middle of a meeting to go to the bathroom, if you know a dad is having kid issues and has to go pick them up or have to deal with a, a family member. I'm really hoping that throughout all of this, where it's really divisive, um, that there's some really great silver linings to come out of it where it it provides some kind of equilibrium for whether you're, you know early in your career, later in your career you know, wherever, you know, wherever you are, mom, dad, caregiver, um, where we're all just a bit more sympathetic and in tune, um, you know, with our human spirits, if we will, understanding that we're all great professionals. We're all doing the best that we can. We all want to do the best for our companies. Um, But I just felt like I kind of found this entire kaleidoscope of all the themes we've been talking about intersecting and then how that, you know, applies to, to the workplace.
4: That's a great point. Also, you know, just no one ever asks to have anxiety. That's not, it's not a pleasant experience and no one asks for it. Just like to Mindy's point, you don't ask to get high blood pressure or any other kind of condition. These things sometimes just happen to us and then we have to learn how to cope with them and hopefully we can all be just more supportive of each other.
11: Yeah, exactly right.
4: Any other any other thoughts on coping mechanisms? How to beat burnout? Any ways we can support each other? Any
12: thoughts? Hey, this is this is David. There's there's another perspective that I, I think we should touch on, and that is the um um the plight of the di- disabled and the challenges that disabled people have when they confront having to venture into the office every day. And I think COVID has enabled those people to to be more successful and more engaged because they can work in the comforts of their home environments. And and it's it's just part of like, you know, the workplace of the future post-COVID is like, how do we really address accessibility for all? Um, And I think that's something that's often overlooked, and I'll give you a personal example. I have a hearing disability, and I find Zoom to be an amazing equalizer. And when I'm trying to confer with people who are wearing masks, it, it really puts me at a disadvantage. So the ability to see people and to read lips and to do all the things that make it easier for me, you know, technology has been great. So, you know, part of COVID has been the rise of the introverts, but how do we go back to the office so that every, you know, there's a greater, greater level of, of equality for everyone?
0: Totally agree. I'm hearing that with um, the few clients that are actually thinking about design and, you know, their new space and how to go about it. Equality is definitely rising. That and wellness, obviously, um, is rising as far as a priority when governing design. Yeah,
4: that's And even great.
0: like the, even the work, I think you put in the chat box something about workplace, David. Do you have any thoughts on like even when people are going back to the office, what to uh, consider?
12: I, I think um, you know, people want to have variety. They want to have that um, heads down space where they feel like they can maintain some level of social distancing. So you know, the, the push of you know, four foot desk, even five foot desk, you know, clients are like, you know this means we have to go back to cubicles. It's like, well, maybe not that dramatic. But I think you need to think about how people are spaced and giving people that sense of personal space back and what that means. Um, some people are looking at uh, you know, more phone room, more huddle room, more like you know, one on one or two on two, as opposed to larger conference rooms, because they realize that you know, when we're really doing the, the analysis of how space is used, there's the, the larger rooms are used, you know, predominantly by smaller groups. So there's much more of a focus on a, a rebalancing of space.
4: That's a good point. So we're in the process of designing two new floors for Ogilvy and we're doing just that. We're, we have many more smaller meeting rooms and more open meeting areas, uh, lounge furniture in conventional tables and chairs, and then our direction from senior leadership is that every single meeting space has to be able to to simultaneously accommodate anyone who's working from home because we're still hearing that people are going to maybe come in three to four days a week, but never five. So we assume that on any given day, somebody on the team will be working from home. So we're incorporating technology in every single meeting space so that you can always join in If half your team is there in person and half's working from home. I'm I'm assuming we'll see more of that as time goes on, this endless March. This endless
0: March. 30% occupancy. I'm like, come on.
4: Yeah, I think somebody said it earlier, you know, earlier this year, like April, May, we all thought we were kind of at the end. And then so there was this excitement. I think the president said by July 4th, we'll be, you know, having parties and getting to see each other and then the Delta variant so it's always it's been a roller coaster I think.
7: Um, Something I just wanted to add on you know with what David was talking about and Ellen you and I, I think we're talking about this last week is you know the sensitivity with sound when you do go back to the office like we're used to I mean I have a child and it's not always quiet in my house but you know it's like that just thinking about acoustics and how we feel like coming back to the office with like a lot of like, you know, people around us and 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 how that sound affects our our ability to focus and our stress levels as well.
0: Yeah, these last three three days in the office, we we're we we're pretty full, and the i the sidebar conversations about whatever, I, could, I couldn't, I didn't want to hear people talking. I was trying to concentrate. It's so weird. So I was like trying to escape to a room for sure. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, it's interesting, not just um, the relentlessness of, of our life, but as it goes back, like the, the everlasting impact on what and how we do for a living um, is, is, is interesting, I think, intellectually a bit daunting. I mean, I'm a broker, so like I need transactions to happen or else I'm going to be moving to a third tier city to afford my living. But um, yeah, there's, so should we be optimistic about it? I think we should. Like there's like this really great opportunity to fix some things, hopefully, if we take initiative and, and maybe that's something to look forward to while we've like pushed through this relentless life that we're living right now. Um, I don't know, that's, uh, that's how I'm trying to like force myself to not get depressed about life is like, there's opportunity for good change to happen. And let's, let's try and take advantage of this moment to think about the, our lives that way, sort of longer term rather than day for day where it is, it's so daunting right now. I think we are sort of nearing the end of our time but just wanted to see if there was anything in the chat box or any other last thoughts folks had or any questions or um, ideas, you know, for a follow on chat around this topic if needed. Um, just wanted to open up the forum to see what um, folks are thinking. Great, well, thank you then everybody for joining and hopefully it was useful. To hear that we're all burnt out. We're trying to cope. We have different methodologies. There's others out there we should access. I think the future is brighter. It's getting better. Um, and we're going to make it happen. But I um, really appreciate everybody's time joining today. And hopefully, we'll see you on another coffee chat in the future. And thanks.
4: Thanks,
9: everyone. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Breakfast. Have a great day. Drink Thank your
0: coffee. You. Bye.